The Angel Feast the Magic Hour. The Angel Feast the Magic Hour. Hello, my friends. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour. I'm your host, Grace Lennon. I am excited today. I'm going to be sharing with you guys a conversation that I recorded back in December of last year. It's now April, mid April. So it's been a minute since I actually had this conversation, but this morning I felt that it was time for it to finally come out. I was on a hike in the misty, muddy rain, and I listened back to this episode, and it brought up a lot for me, and it was really helpful for me to listen to in this point in time. So I'm excited for you guys to hear and learn and hang out and enjoy this conversation. But um, today we're speaking with Lauren, Lauren Unger. She is a spiritual coach, a healer. She is so many different things. And Lauren is one of my mentors. I am very lucky to say that I got to work with her for a couple of years. And I definitely know I will continue to work with her in the future. But um, Lauren was one of the first people that helped me figure out that I was a medium and helped me begin the very kind of beginnings of my spiritual business and helped me so much and you know um something I was thinking about with Lauren is not only does she really help people with the work that she does like she will help you get your shit together like help you in terms of coaching like logistical real life stuff she's also going to help you with healing very deep energetic esoteric things she's a medium she's so many things but she's also just a true real ass human and just seeing who she is and who she lives as in the world that is so inspiring in itself and so you know listening back to this conversation we talk a little bit about friendship at the end and something that came up was the more that you show up as yourself, the more that you can find these true connections, whether that's friendship or business. In the case of like my relationship with Lauren, like it started as a business thing, me paying her to help me. And now I would consider her a friend, someone that I could ask if I needed help with something or, you know, refer her to others as I see fit because I think it's really important to have relationships within the business and the industry that you're in so if sometimes maybe you're not the right fit for someone you can give someone a recommendation so I'm very grateful for that relationship but the more that you show up as your authentic self you know you can connect with those people whether that is a coaching relationship, a friendship, a romantic relationship, whatever it is that applies to you. But I think that I'm just wanted to say I'm very grateful for Lauren, not only to come on and share her wisdom and have this conversation with us, but for her to just show up as she is. And I think the more that we can see others do that, not even I think, I know, I know the more that we can see others do that, the more that we feel comfortable doing that work for ourselves. So yeah, Lauren's a leader. I'm excited to share this conversation. So we go a little bit into her journey and you guys will hear a lot about it on this episode. 
but her journey with food and how she started her work as a chef and doing kind of like meal plans and things like that for people, holistic health coaching. And then we talk about how she's kind of swung all the way back to that work again, is creating a cookbook, doing all these really amazing things with her knowledge of food and health and wellness, but is bringing her authentic, magical twist to it. So I'm really excited to share this conversation. And for me, I have a background of all sorts of health issues. I'm sure I've talked about it on this podcast several times. But um, my food problems come from food allergies, food um, fear because of pain in my body and gut issues. And then I've also dealt with dis- disordered eating and to see an addiction and to see that it's possible to heal from those things. To see that through Lauren is super inspiring to me. And to like remember that food is medicine. And I think that can be overwhelming sometimes to think about like I have to change my whole life in order to feel healthy with the foods that we eat. But it doesn't have to be so extreme and so drastic. And I think Lauren's idea, which we talk a little bit about in the podcast, and she does talk a lot about this on her podcast social media with her clients and everything but that if we're eating for our energy eating for our chakras that's a really powerful way for us to redevelop our connection with food and with our bodies and you know so on this episode we talk about food we talk about friendships we talk about healing um, holistically kundalini yoga we talk about a lot of cool stuff So I'm really excited. I really had a great time personally listening back to this because it's been so long since we recorded it. But um, I know Lauren mentioned a couple of things at the end of the episode for ways that you can connect with her. So I put links in the show notes if you guys want to find her website, check out her services. And, you know, food stuff can be really hard. So I think I very much encourage people to seek a team of people that can assist you, whether that's someone like Lauren, like a coach or a dietitian or a holistic health coach like Lauren, um, a doctor, like depends on who you are and where you are at your journey. Maybe it's just a support group, someone to talk about your experiences with and um, health stuff can be so complicated and food also has so much emotion tied to it so I encourage everyone to find kind of the support systems that would be the most useful for you in this time and if you don't know what that is that's okay too I think maybe this conversation can give you some ideas but yeah I'm really excited I hope you guys enjoy And if you want to connect with Lauren, check out the show notes, see how you can find her. And just a few little heads up as far as Angel Face HQ, things going on over here. We have a bunch of great interviews that I'm finally putting out. We've been on a kind of weird 
energy hiatus. I don't even know how to explain it, but I just, I just needed a pause. So I'm going to do a solo episode, talk more about it, but, um, more episodes are going to be coming out every week. We're back on the regularly scheduled episodes. So enjoy that conversation. And for those who miss spirit school enrollment, the self-study program is finally coming out. So you can find out more information on my website. And then once I know details of when the self-study is actually going live, I will share with you guys all here. Find me on Instagram. Find me on YouTube. I just did an interview for someone else's podcast that I'm really excited to share. So when that comes out, I will link you all to it. But have a wonderful day. Enjoy this conversation. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Love you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Angel Face Magic Hour. Today, we're here with Lauren Unger. I'm so excited. Lauren was on the podcast when we first started doing our guest episodes year two years ago not even sure now but I'm really excited to have you back so for those who haven't listened I just want you to briefly introduce yourself just who you are where you're located a little bit about what you do yeah hi thank you for having me back I am Lauren of Lauren Courtney Heels, Lauren Unger. Um, I am based in Miami, originally from New York with a stint in LA. So I tend to frequent all three cities and I am an energy healer, spiritual coach, guide, sound healer, and master of many things. Yeah. I'm so excited. Right before we just uh, started recording this, I was telling Lauren about the crystals that I had with us and um she happens to have the exact same one with her but this is kyanite so this is all about like open throat like being able to communicate so i always have this on my desk um but and I, tend, brought... I i keep mine as well right next to me i love it and i feel like this um like the texture of it like the shattering to me like what symbolizes that it's like breaking barriers like with the words you say. So that's my intention with the podcast. I love that. Beautiful. But yeah, I am really excited. Last time we had you on was a little while ago. So I know you've been kind of implementing some new things into your practice. And I know for some people who are familiar with your work, they might know all this, but in case people don't know Lauren, she was originally a chef and then you got into all this spiritual healing stuff. And now you're bringing back some of those original things that were interesting to you, like food, physical movement and all that. So it's been interesting for me to follow along. So I just kind of want to hear a little bit about that experience. And I know you are starting to do some yoga classes. So I'd love to hear you talk about that. And then we'll kind of just see what else comes up. But maybe you can just briefly share with people like how you got from doing cooking, chefing to the spiritual work and then back. Like, yeah. In just a brief, like five minute whip of a story, because there's from a lot in there. To, from chef to shaman and back again. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be your book. <laughs> from chef to shaman and back again. So I have been working as a spiritual healer uh, for the last seven years already, which is wild to think that I've been doing this work for so long. 
Um, prior to this work, as you said, I was a chef. So when I lived in New York City, I originally I was an event planner. I worked in corporate America doing events and personal assistance for professional athletes. Had a really cool career and life. Um, that I thought that was the direction for me. But I started getting these downloads, as I understand them now, this inner knowing that I was here to help people heal. And that path took me out of corporate America and into school to become a holistic health coach. So I'm a certified a certified holistic health coach with um, the school Integrative Nutrition that many people are familiar with. And from there, I went on to be a private chef working with clients in high-end recovery homes in New York City. So I was working with clients recovering from drug, alcohol, and food addictions. So I thought, again, this is my path. This is where I'm meant to be. I started a meal delivery service called Hungary NYC with a riff on my last name being Unger. I had a little company called Amazeballs. They were these awesome snack bites. I was delivering meals all over. I New think York that's City. when I first started following you when you did the Amazeballs. Oh my God. So like a back in the day, ago, yeah. a million years ago. Um, so I had Amazeballs, Hungry NYC. And in addition to that, I was working as a private chef for families in New York, out in the Hamptons. And then, um, and then my best friend passed away. And the day he crossed over, he began communicating with me. And my life took a very quick turn. And I ended up moving out to California and I thought, okay, well, I'll move to California and be a chef that cooks with cannabis, right? It was like the height of cannabis becoming really trendy uh, in the food space. So I thought that was the direction I was going to go in. And the moment I got to LA, God was like, we're taking your knives away. You're not cooking. There's another path for you. And day three living in LA, um, I walked into Holy Fire Reiki class. So prior to moving to LA, I had become certified level one and two in a Sui Reiki, but I walked into this holy fire class and immediately said to the teacher, I don't know what this is. This energy is different than the Reiki that I know. And I want this. And as you know, of course, with holy fire Reiki, it is a totally different energy. It's so palpable and beautiful. And a month later, I went on and did my Reiki master training um, in LA and it just blew my whole world open and took me on the journey that I've continued on. So that's kind of the from chef to shaman. And then really I've been cooking for myself ever since, of course, and I'll cook dinners for friends. But over the last year, I moved into a new home in Miami. And as I got ready to move into this new home, my intuition kept telling me to host Shabbat dinners. And to me, what Shabbat means is really getting together with friends once a week, having community around your table. So that's exactly what I started doing. I started cooking again for people and inviting people into my home and creating from love. And my whole philosophy around food is eating for your chakras. So it was reignited in me and I've wanted to write a cookbook for a really long time. So I started working on that again and I just kept cooking and it's become this beautiful 
just journey back into the kitchen for me. And I was actually out in LA um, about three weeks ago. I was out there speaking at a retreat on chakras and I had an opportunity to cook dinner for 25 people and it was totally unplanned and they weren't sure if I'd say yes and when the offer and opportunity came I was like yes let's do it and I cooked a 25 person family style meal for all the guests and attendees at the retreat and cooked from my heart recipes that will be in my cookbook whenever it is ready to be born into this world. And that's really how I've returned to the kitchen. I simply, I let that part of me go knowing that it would always be a part of me. And that if I was meant to step back into it in any way, I would. And it's been really nice that it's been kind of surfacing again in the way that it has, um, and I, I think it has so much to do with embodiment and being embodied in who I am and how I want to show up in this world. And I guess that also relates to Kundalini and stepping into a 200 hour trauma informed Kundalini training. I found Kundalini back in New York when I was a chef. It's been with me along my journey. It was a big part of my awakening process. And earlier this year, but actually it was in July of this year, I kept hearing this message that I, I needed to do frogs. And I was like, frogs, like I'm not working with plant medicine anymore. I'm sober, but thank you. I'll need more clarity on that. And I ended up going to three Kundalini classes within a two week period. And in each class, we were guided to do this exercise or Kriya, as we call it, known as frogs. And by class three, because it always is threes for me, class three, I was like, oh, these are the frogs. This is a frog. Cool. So I enrolled in a training and I'm actually about to be finished with it. So I've been teaching some classes um, that are a requirement for my teacher training and I'll continue to teach in the ways that I'm guided, infusing it with sound healing, infusing it with Reiki and kind of just bringing it into the mix because I think for me, so much of my journey was spiritual for so long and in my upper chakras that the cooking and the kundalini are things that really Im are embodied for me and bring me down into the lower chakras and feed my heart at the same time. So it allows me to really have that connection from root to crown. Yeah. For those who don't know, like kundalini is a specific type of yoga. So yep. the Kriyas is basically like little exercises that you do. So Lauren is now able to, once you're done with these little classes, you'll be able to teach this specific type of yoga. But yeah. um, with what you do, it's like you can mix so many things together. Totally. And just to give like a little tidbit, like Kundalini yeah. is the science of using your body's energy and chemistry to heal yourself and to tap into source and vitality. And my biggest thing always, like in any work that I'm doing, and, and you'll know, cause you've worked with me is we are our own greatest healer. Never give your power away to someone or something outside of you. No teacher, no religion, whatever it is. 
you are your greatest healer and kundalini is an, simply another tool in my now tool shed because i had to build a shed for all of the tools that yes. i have <laughs> um it's another tool and way to connect because everyone receives differently and i get to work with clients in all different ways that these are things that helped me along my journey so i want to be able to provide as much as i can that's going to be able to help others for wherever, whatever it is they're seeking. Yeah. And I think that's so important, like, because everyone's has a different level of like how they can drop in. So something that's, you know, Kundalini isn't as it's physical. It's not like how you're imagining downward dog and all that, but it is very physical. So I think the breath and all that like literal movement is really important for certain individuals like they can't just close their eyes and relax like they need a they need something to help them relax and I think there's a lot of different ways we can get there but I think it's really interesting that you're able to pull from all the different types of connection and see what would be like helpful for people because you're, you are intuitive. So you might get that message like, oh, this is what we should do today for the client you're working with. But I think for people who are like wanting to learn more about themselves, I think trying those things out for themselves can be really helpful because you might not understand the intuitive message. You might be getting one, but you might not know what it is yet until you try these different types of things. So for me, like Qigong is really helpful. I've done Kundalini, but not extensively, but it's very interesting, um, but it's difficult, very physically demanding. Yeah. There are some Kriyas that are, of course, a little easier, a little more relaxed. The way I'm teaching, I want to balance the, the intensity and the relaxation. And that's why I'll infuse it, of course, with Reiki and sound as well. But it definitely, it's a lot of breathing. It's a lot of pumping the navel center, which is where all the nerves meet. Um, it's a lot of arm movements that like you're holding your arms up for three minutes. And you That's didn't know the, your that was the hard part for me. Yeah, you didn't know your arms could be so heavy and all of a sudden they're just wanting to fall off. But the more you do it and the more you connect with your breath, I don't want to say the easier it becomes because I've been doing it for almost 10 years now and it doesn't become easier, but you mentally get stronger and not always, you know, some days I'm like, I'm putting my arms down, I'll keep breathing. And then I put them back up, but you build that strength and that connection with yourself. And I am someone who I'm not a big sit in silence meditator. Um, that's why I was drawn to sound healing. That's why I was drawn to Reiki. That's why I was drawn to Kundalini because they're active forms of meditation, body of light as well, which is in the true body intelligence training I did. I'm more of an active meditator. I can get quiet very quickly. I, I know how to tap in really quickly, really easily with that. I prefer a meditation that is going to silence me through physically doing something in a, in some way. Yeah. I think like it's, it, I think sometimes it's 
a difference too like for me I notice if I'm the one doing the meditation or teaching it like what style is going to be more beneficial I feel like I can drop in if I'm teaching the class easier than if I'm taking the class totally <laughs> which is kind of interesting because I'm like the one talking but I don't know I'll be doing sound healing sometimes and I'll have to like kind of tap myself like hey wake up like you're you're in charge you're steering the boat but it's because where as we're facilitating we're simply channels for source source is moving through us so it can be so powerful and so intense sometimes all the time really yeah it's like sometimes it's like oh I'm just kind of there but not but other times it's like a weird like I see myself kind of thing outside my body yeah I don't know how to explain that, <laughs> but I think you know what I mean. Um, I be so I'm curious kind of about the food stuff, like healing with food. I truly believe that is possible. And I know I've you've talked and I've, you know, um worked with you around kind of like healing my own personal. I don't know, disordered eating. I don't know what I would I wouldn't label it anything specific, but complications with eating and I think for me one of the things I've been realizing in the last few years is it's not even the food that is the problem it's the inability to slow down or want to stop because I'm like I'm just doing my thing I'm like creating I'm doing all the things and to slow down to have a moment to like eat like that is the part that is an aversion for me is that's why I've realized like is the aversion so I'm just curious if you have any like kind of tips for people to create these I guess moments for themselves to eat yeah so I think you know just touching on what you said for yourself that you have this aversion to kind of slowing down and in creation and in creation and this is where I used to live for so long was I know what you're going to say is it is creation <laughs> Well, while you're in those upper <laughs> chakras yeah and there's a moment where because food is going to ground us in a certain way and I think there's almost this fear of like no I can't stop because then I won't be grounded then I'll be too grounded to get my work done or I may get tired or I may feel x y or z way when in reality it's like okay if I want to stay in creation what chakra is the chakra of creation the sacral chakra. So I would simply be like, wow, this is a great opportunity for me to fuel my creative center so I can create even more from a balanced, grounded place. So that would be eating orange food. So stopping maybe having some carrots with hummus even, right? It doesn't have to be something grand or it can be stopping and making a salad to fuel the heart and adding salmon to that. So that way your creation is coming from a loving heart space. So I think it's also like, for me, it had to do with, I love myself enough to take care of myself because I come from having disordered eating myself. I would, I would never classify myself as bulimic, anorexic, exercise bulimic, none of those. But what I realized is in, in my sobriety around everything else, I realized that I was disordered 
in my relationship with food too. I would binge eat or I would not eat at all, or I would try water fasting or, you know, right. I was all of these extreme things. And it was like, that's just for me, that's just another form of addiction. And it's a form of me not showing myself the love that I deserve. So that's what it comes back to, to me. Like I am worthy of slowing down and having a meal right now, because it's really easy for me to skip meals. It's really easy for me to skip meals. That's like, it's, it's too easy for me. Yeah. Like I forget. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck is going to hold in? What am I doing? But it's like, that simply means I'm forgetting to take care of myself because nourishment is so important and it's showing an imbalance that you're un- ungrounded and not connected to your root. And the root is, you know, the seat of addiction, the root and the stomach. When, when we look at the physical organ of the stomach, the, the stomach is the organ of addiction and the root is kind of where that lies in terms of chakras as well. So when we take care of our stomach, when we feed ourselves, when we nurture ourselves, it's going to help our ability to create from a whole healthy place. Yeah. And I think like for me, and I'm sure so many other people, it's like, oh, if my friend was like, I'm hungry, like, I'm like, let me like stop right now and like make you something hella nice. And like, I'm going to put on a plate, but, and like, make it look pretty, get you a cup, like. A whole thing but for me I'm like um, but no let me just eat like this little snack and I've been really working on it um and I feel like for me it's been really helpful to take away some of the more like binging type of tendencies for me and I think a lot of that is connected yeah addiction type of stuff like I had to smoke weed in order to eat like I'm sh- I know you relate but now it's like, how do I eat enough food? Yeah. Like, because before it's like, I'm eating way too much or not at all. And now it's like, how do, how do I create structure? And that's been like the biggest wound for me and having my business, everything's related, you know? So creating the the structures that I've been working on. And ever since I started working with you, like a few years ago, it's been building upon that. But when I look at the bigger picture, then I see, oh, okay, that's why all these things happen is because I don't have the root, the grounding. Like I don't have the structure. So that's that's why I've been really working on it, so... Yeah. I love what you said also, um, about if a friend was like, I'm hungry, you're going to take care of it and make them this beautiful meal. And that's what I actually realized in my last relationship. I had, um, someone I was dating, he stayed with me for a period of time. And I realized every day I would go out of my way to make these beautiful breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. And I was like, you don't even do this for yourself all the time. Like, I get that you're a cancer and you love to make everyone feel like cozy and warm in your home, but why aren't you doing that for yourself? And that was when I got to another layer in my journey of my recovery that I was able to say to myself, you need to date yourself right now. How 
and, and I, the relationship ended with that person. And I, that's what I started doing. I started dating myself. I tried to, I started treating myself like the partner that, that I want to have, right? Like I want to be that for myself. I want to love myself the way that I love other people. So over the last two years, it's been all about like, let me love up on me and treat me how I've been so easily able to treat others, even when they weren't worthy of it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So much. Yeah. And I think too, like when we do this, when that person is able to come into your life, whether it's like a romantic thing or like a friendship or a business thing, like you're ready for it now because you know what it feels like to feel that love. And I think for me, that's been a lot of the healing is like learning to know what it feels like to experience groundedness, presence, relaxation, like happiness. Like what are those things? It's really hard. It sounds really easy. But I think a lot of people don't actually know what it feels like to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so often we're taken out of our roots at a young age, um, whether it be fear, anxiety, addiction, something we inherited from our families, whatever it may be. And, you know, abandonment is such a big one that keeps us from really grounding and being in that space. Yeah. I was thinking about this like yesterday in the shower, like, because I was like, I don't know, I was just standing and I felt grounded and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, because for so long, I didn't know what that felt like. So when I have those moments of realization, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like literally what I'm trying so hard for. And it just felt like the room was so big. Like I just felt like inside of my body. I was like, this is so interesting because now I'm finally used to it. And then I was just thinking about like, when I first started getting into these kinds of things, like imagining like the simplest thing, imagining roots flowing out of the bottom of your feet. I'm like, that's disgusting. Like that sounds disgusting to me. I don't like that. Or like the word peace. I'm like, Oh, like that is gross. And I remember um, doing like these meditations with you that were like all about like the organs and stuff. And I felt like that was what really opened me up to feeling comfortable with the body. Cause like the external part felt so weird, but once I started to get to the inside, like that was exciting to me like to see how everything works together. And I feel like just understanding how the body works has opened up a lot of possibility. Like, so I'm just grateful for you, but I just wanted to say that. I'm like, okay, should I reopen glow up your organs? It's been a while. You should, you should. Yeah. And Lauren has hell of, if people don't know, Lauren has a bunch of meditations in your online shop, like going through the different organs and like healing stuff, um, all sorts of different things. But I want to talk a little bit about like your experience going to Egypt, because as a lot of people know, that's kind of like a spiritual Mecca, like to go to Egypt, like, and it's, I think that's a lot of goals like for people like I want to go to Egypt or I want to go to like Peru or these kinds of like sacred sites 
So I'm curious, I know you went with like a group. I'm just curious about like emotionally how the experience felt for you, but also just a little bit about like what you guys got to experience as far as like the sightseeing. Yeah, Egypt was amazing. I was there in um, early May of this year during the beginning of eclipse season. So it was a very powerful time. It was a group trip. As you mentioned, my friend Johnny was the head of this trip. He's an incredible breathwork facilitator, a good friend of mine that I've known for a few years now. So the trip was a, the journey through Egypt, as well as doing breath work um, on like in sacred sites and connecting to the breath and meditation and really beautiful sacred spaces. So day one, we, you know, I arrived the next morning, we had a private sunrise visit to see the Sphinx and just like walk around the Sphinx and be present in the energy of the Sphinx, which you know, it's just so crazy, right? These are things. Like it's like a computer the- MacBook screensaver to me, you know? Yeah, it's like, that like, is crazy that you're like really there. Yeah, like exactly. It's like, wow, this is a, a huge structure that exists in this world. It's like, I, and I'm here. And in front of the sphinxes are all the, the great pyramids. So we're on the the Giza and it's just like pyramids and the Sphinx. And it was truly this moment that was, I had this deep level of gratitude, like gratitude, of course, for where I was more than that gratitude for myself, for being able to get there. And by there, I mean, coming home to myself, getting to a place where I was truly home in myself, that I could show up for this opportunity, that I could feel worthy of this opportunity. Um, And I'd say that really like spanned through the entire trip. We had an incredible, we had a great tour guide and an incredible, um, I guess he was like kind of like our security guy that is connected everywhere. And he would bring us to different temples. We had certain times we'd be in certain places and doors would be open for us. And Johnny's actually going to be doing another trip next year. So um, if anyone has questions, feel free to reach out to me and I can connect you with him to find out about his upcoming trip. Um, But I had just this like deep gratitude everywhere I went. I felt like I had been there before. When I was a kid in elementary school, um, we did a project on Egypt. So I remember I built this like tiny replica pyramid and I did hieroglyphics on this specific foam board. And it's one of the things I remember from school. I don't remember a lot from school. I I kind of remember that and the moon's phases, everything else is kind of like, whatever. But those are two things that I really deeply remember that felt so connected to me. Um, But what I found really interesting, I remember going back to the hotel one day and I was talking to two of the other girls on the trip and one was telling me how she was channeling the deities and the goddesses and the temples. And I had this moment of like, wow, it's so weird. I'm not having that experience at all. And also I'm okay with that. And what I realized in that moment was 
I used to channel, and I, of course I still do, right, in my work, but I used to be channeling all the time. And what that was for me is I wasn't present all the time because I was so, I was going outside of my body to receive information instead of being embodied and receiving that embodied information. So as she was sharing these beautiful channelings that she received, which were incredible, I had this moment of so much gratitude again for myself that I was like, wow, you are home. You are home in your body and you're receiving in new ways. And you're, you're still getting everything that this land has to offer you. It's just, you're doing it in a new way. And for me, that awareness and realization was so incredible because that's like you said, right? That's what, that's what I've been working towards. I've been working towards being embodied, being present, grounding into this earth because I chose to be here in this human body at this time. And I've spent so many years outside of myself and in disconnect and not present that to be able to be present in Egypt and really receive the land simply by, by being in it was the greatest gift I could have received. And I mean, we went, we went to the ISIS temple. I actually, one of the security guards let me open a door, um, to one of the temples inside of a temple. Um, I mean, truly the most incredible journey we spent four, I was either four or five nights on a boat traveling down the Nile um, to different cities. And I'd say, I was just talking to someone a few days ago, my mentor who just found out she's going to Egypt. And I said, that was really my favorite part, being on the Nile. That's where I felt probably the most connected. I, I mean, we went to the top of the Great Pyramid. We went up into the King's Chamber. And that was probably between being on the Nile and in the King's Chamber. Those were my big moments of, wow, like this is the most special opportunity I have ever received. And I will forever have gratitude for this. That's beautiful. I think like that's so important is you're you don't need to talk to all the gods and the goddesses like you've already done that like in lifetimes. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, being able to actually experience it and remember it. It's like going to a concert and you're drunk like you don't remember the concert or like, like you're channeling. It's like we're out of our body and you're like, taking we don't photos have to the whole time yeah. you know like when you're at a concert and like you're filming it but you're like watching yourself film it it's like what would it look like if we were just present and i think that's the thing we as a society we're so bu- busy creating content we're like capturing each moment to yeah, consume later like, like let's live it and i'm super grateful there was a photographer on the trip so like everything was captured yeah and you can um, look at those as memories yeah and i did of course like i took photos but for the most part I was present. My phone was away and I simply enjoyed. What was the temperature like, like when you went inside the temple? It's like, was it really cold? Like when you walked down there? We were there at the beginning of May. So it's actually um, starting to warm up. Some cities were quite a bit warmer, Um, but inside the temples, um, it wasn't super hot or anything. I just always assumed it would be cold because you like go underground. 
No, they were all like, so, I mean, a lot of the temples are, are above ground and then a lot of them are open, right? Like there's air flowing through the, like the open doorways and pathways and stuff. There were some, like it was, I think it was an Aswan. We were at, um, I can't remember which temple off the top of my head, but it was such a sunny day. It was so hot. The sun was beaming down, but we, we made the best of it and really enjoyed the whole time. Mm. what was the food like is it like middle eastern kind of food yeah like middle eastern um we were so lucky on the nile they prepared us food breakfast lunch and dinner family style on the boat every day um there's nothing like we had like some good meat some really good soups and stews um but then like also like breakfast was Mediterranean, like sliced cucumbers, sliced tomatoes, eggs, cheese. It's kind of fresh. Yeah. Like really a good amount of fresh stuff. Mm. And that's also because of, you know, the tour that we were on and the way that we were taken care of. Yeah. It wasn't veg. It wasn't vegetarian. Mm-mm. No. I mean, you could definitely be vegetarian for sure. Like there's enough of everything i'm personally not vegetarian yeah is that a big thing within like kundalini yoga because i know in certain types of yoga it's like if you're following all the limbs like you would be a vegetarian diet is there anything specifically in kundalini they talk about food so what i love is i'm taking kundalini with this school yoga farm and they have created such a beautiful program um if you're familiar with Kundalini, you'll know about Yogi Bhajan, who is, who brought Kundalini. Not the best person. <laughs> yeah. And that's neither here nor there, but he brought Kundalini to America and it was very masculine. And I'll just give you one example. There's this pose, the one we were talking about earlier, where you keep the arms up and it's called in his world, ego eradicator. And it's been renamed in the training that I've done, I'm doing to Radiance Warrior. Mm. So even just in that, right, there's just, it's a very different approach. It's very feminine. It's very healing. And again, like the one I'm taking is trauma-informed kundalini. So the point is to not put you into trauma. It's, yeah. it's a very beautiful, like even if we're doing this and you get tired, we tell you to um, bring your arms down into a like a goal structure. So there's like modifications. Yeah, there's a lot of modifications, but what I love in this training, and I don't know that all schools do this, but in ours, we're also learning about Ayurveda. Oh, cool. So I would say it's not so much about one specific diet, but it's about eating for your dosha and like, how can you best eat for your body? Which right again, comes back to my whole idea is like, we're eating for our chakras. This is, we're eating for our, our bodies and based on our doshas. And if you're not familiar with that, go check out Ayurveda. It's like a hundred million years old. It's like not that old, but like literally it's that old. It's the, it's one of the oldest forms of medicine and Chinese medicine was based upon it. And um it's very old but there's like yeah there's different body types do you know what yours is I'm a kapha pitta so I'm earth and fire but also they can change like based on the seasons how we're in so there might be a time where um 
more pitta or more kapha or more vata, right? So it, there's a questionnaire that people can go online. You could take a questionnaire. What what dosha am I? There's definitely a bunch of those quizzes out there just to see what dosha you are. I think it's so interesting. Actually, my book's a little too far to reach, but the book that we're using in school is the Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. That's it, so random. I love that. It's, it's it makes amazing. it simple. Yeah, it's super simple. It's amazing. It's written by Sahara Rose, which many people um, know her and her teachings. It's just, oh it, yeah, I didn't know that she wrote that book. That's cool. Yeah, I I actually didn't either. I was like totally pleasantly surprised. But it's great. It's it's literally the idiot's guide to Ayurveda, and it gives you so much information. Like since starting this training. I've started tongue scraping every day and I love it. And like tongue scraping is such an easy thing that we can do in the morning to take the coating off your tongue from the night before. That way the acids in your mouth and whatever else is in there doesn't get brought back into your stomach. And I also dry brush every night and put oil on every night. So there's just like these little practices that we can do of self-care and nurturing ourselves. I know that switches from diet, but no, but it's all connected. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's so interesting. When I first moved up here, like where I live now, I was going through this whole healing journey, blah, 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 led me to Reiki and all these other things. But I took this class at the community center and it was me and a bunch of old ladies. It was awesome. And it was this woman teaching how to make meals, Ayurvedic meals. And we talked about like four specifically for our doshas. And she taught us how to make chicory which is like a mushy lentil kind of dish chicory. and uh oh kitchery i i pronounced it wrong and um i forget what else she talked a lot about the spices because there's specific spices they'll cook with but i think what's kind of interesting to me and that's a i feel like very different from the american diet is like they really encourage like warming foods like not having a lot of ice water and stuff like that and I feel like I love ice and I love smoothies but I I do see a difference when I consume more warm like hot foods totally and like even if you're eating a salad I'm really big on because I love salads like I had a whole company based on my salad but I always add warming components so if I'm having a leafy green kale salad I may roast some Brussels sprouts and add the roasted Brussels sprouts into the into the salad or some roasted sweet potatoes so I have a warm salad there is that crunchy leaf still but everything inside is relatively warm which I think is really nice to do I actually, when I was in school for in at Institute of Integrative Nutrition, we learned, I think about like a hundred dietary theories over that program. And wow. the one that stuck out to me the most was Ayurveda. And I went to meet a specialist in New York. That was her thing. And I made my blend with her and got learned how to make kitchery as well. And I just thought it was so cool. I just thought it was like, the coolest thing. So to be back full circle in the kitchen, learning Ayurveda, doing Kundalini again, it's, it's at full circle. I believe that we have to walk through the doors we once came from to come back home to ourselves. So I'm simply continuing to walk through and close the old doors as, as I come back to who I am on, on the most like 
basic soul spirit level. It's very interesting. Like, I feel like the trajectory always brings you back and you're like, well, I didn't expect to be here, but I guess, I, I guess this was, it was what you were supposed to be doing, but just not the way that you expected it. And there's a lot of things to like see and learn in between. Totally. Totally. I'm so thankful for the journey. Well, I love talking with you. Um, before we close out, I have, let me just consult my notes. I have a few quick little questions. Okay. Um, so before I recorded with you, I was saying to this to you earlier, but I recorded with Sloan, who is one of your best friends. And I feel like for people who get into spirituality I mean, spirituality is so broad, but like specifically like mediumship and psychic stuff and these things are a little bit more like fringe, I guess. It can be difficult to find people that like you really connect with and like align with. And, you know, I know Sloan has moved and you guys aren't in the same place anymore, but for a long time, like you are able to have someone in your life. And I know you have a lot of other friends too in person that you can connect with in terms of being able to relate to each other. And I feel like a lot of people have difficulty finding those connections. Like for me, I have some good friends here that I'm able to talk with. And I definitely have friends online that I'm able to talk with these more esoteric experiences. But like, what would you recommend to people who are like trying to find those connections in real life? Like, Obviously, we could take a class or whatever, but like, what would you say to people who are looking for like their, their people? I think it's really being your most authentic self, which is of course, like my work with clients. I help clients return to their authentic self. And I think the more authentic you are, the more you can call in people who love you for simply being who you are. You know, over the last month, I was traveling quite a bit. Um, I was talking at a retreat. I'll give this example. I was talking at a retreat in LA for this com dance company, Kinergy. They're amazing. And I was giving a talk on the chakras. And someone joined just for that day. She hadn't met me prior. And when I got done giving my talk and doing some like live healings in the session, there was an opportunity for Q&A and this girl raised her hand and simply said, I love you and I want to be your best friend. You're just so cool. And I responded with like, oh my God, like the little girl inside of me is smiling so big. Thank you. Like, thank you for saying that because there are times, even though I have people in my life, there are times where I'm like, oh my God, I must seem so crazy because I'm so fucking nuts, but I'm so out there. But it was my, my crazy that brought in so much love that brought in this, like, I want to be your best friend energy. And a few people said that to me, like, wow, like, just thank you for being your most authentic self. Cause it's giving me permission to be my most authentic self. So that's really my biggest recommendation. Like let your freak flag fly. You're not going to be for everyone. I am not for everyone. And that's okay with me. I've learned I don't need everyone to love me. 
people should treat me with respect because I treat others with respect, but everyone doesn't need to love me. And I used to need everyone's approval. I don't need that anymore because I love myself and I approve of myself. So that's really the biggest thing. And and go and do things on your own. You know, my journey started going to Kundalini classes on my own. The first time I went to a Kundalini class, I was living in New York City. I didn't even ask my friends to go. It was a, a message from God for me to go after a, a big awakening moment. And the first class I went to, I laughed after and said, I think this might be a cult, but like, I want to join. I also think I can leave at any time. So like, I'm going to try it. And I did. And I kept going back and I started meeting people and it definitely wasn't a cult in my experience for others, perhaps, but it was this beautiful experience where I just got to connect and meet other people in the rooms. And then meeting those people introduced me to other people simply because it opened me up and it allowed me to hear other things. I, I, I went on, I moved to LA. I knew no one when I moved to LA, but all of a sudden I had tons of friends that were filling my home for dinners. And I moved to Miami with no friends once again. And I've built a beautiful community here. And there's so much to be said for building a community on the online space as well. I've met so many incredible people like you. I've met so many incredible people I never would have met because they don't live locally to me. So I think it's, it's okay to also meet people online. Like you don't have to be next door to your best friends. Like my best friends that I still have from middle school and high school, they for the majority live in New York. I don't see them all the time, but they're still my friends. Um, so I think it's just being open to connection can look so many different ways. And also don't be so attached to the outcome because people will come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime no need to put pressure on it. Simply enjoy the process and the journey because everyone is here to teach you a lesson. Everyone is here to be a teacher. So just enjoy, enjoy the school, the school of life that we're in. Yeah. I think that's so important. And like, you know, I do value so much being able to have like the in-person connection with people and like you know, have someone, oh, do you want to just go get coffee with me? But honestly, that's not the reality of everyone's life. And especially like getting to be an adult, like people are busy. People start having kids. People have relationships. Like it's hard not to take it personal when people that you love are like so busy, they can't see you, but it doesn't mean they don't love you. It doesn't mean you're not friends. And I think that's something that I've been learning. I'm like, okay, even if I talk to you once every six months, doesn't mean we're not like best friends. Yeah. So it's like, it's different. It just, you have to fit it into your life and online stuff can be beautiful. I mean, I met so many people through your classes. Like I talk to Suzanne almost every day. Um, but yeah, I want to, um, before we close out, I know you're getting a dog in a few days. You practice animal Reiki. I also took animal Reiki and I just want to hear about like, what is the thing that you're most excited about in terms of like this new thing? You're getting a dog. That's a big change. What is like the most exciting to you about that? And what is the most scary? So I think like what keeps resonating with me is if you saw the movie A Million Years Ago with Sandra Bullock, um, I think it's 
called 40 days and it's about her journey to becoming sober in this movie right she's an alcoholic and goes away and they in the one of the meetings they talk about your first year you're meant to keep plants alive and if you can keep plants alive then you can get an animal in year two and I I've been sober for some time so I'm like oh my god I finally made it that I can get get a living breathing animal and dog um so I laugh at that with myself and just this idea that I'm ready to hold space for something outside of me. I've become grounded enough and have enough ownership of myself and my life that I'm willing to also be a little less selfish and let a dog into my life because I do want to have children in this lifetime. That is definitely something I want. So this is kind of like, okay, let's see how this goes. And obviously children and animals are very different. I understand that. Um, But I also think it's an opportunity to be selfless for an animal. Um, So that's really exciting for me. I grew up with dogs. My family has dogs, but they're up in New York. So this is my first time also getting a dog on my own. So I'm a little nervous, but the nerves have seemed to burn away and it feels much more like excitement. Um, My dog's soul has been connecting with me for the last few weeks. And I was telling you before this call that yesterday he came to me and asked me to place the animal Reiki symbols on his paws and on his belly. So I went ahead and did that. And the breed of dog I'm getting, he's um, an Australian Labradoodle and they're emotional therapy dogs. They're really good um, therapy dogs. So I know that in some way, this dog is meant to be a part of the work that I share with this world. Um, And also he's meant to be my teacher. So I'm excited to see what wisdom he has to share with me as well. Oh, so exciting. Uh, You guys are, yeah, you're going to look the same for sure. Like the same hair. Totally the same hair. Twins. Amazing. Well, um, I'll put all of Lauren's information in the show notes if people want to find you on social media, check out your website, your offerings, all the things. Is there anything specific that you're doing right now? Any classes you have coming up? This is going to come out in a couple weeks. So for the new year, so 2023, I'll start launching it probably in the next week or so. I have a membership that people will be able to access. I'll just open it probably two or three times a year where you'll have access to all of my sound healings. So there's about oh, 60 cool. sound healings in the library already. Plus I'll record throughout the year sound healings and meditations. There will be also be one full moon class every month of course. And uh, a download that I kind of received this morning is I may also do a weekly class that will be Kundalini and Reiki together. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm that's exciting. That. Yeah. Um, I, if you remember, I did the moon membership, but with Sloan two, two years ago already. And I, how was that two years ago? I know. And I loved having, um, that monthly membership and this place people could come. And I feel called to really just hold space in a different way in a bigger way. So that's the way to work with me kind of in a group format as of now for next year. 
Um, I work with clients one-on-one in eight-week containers. I have occasional single sessions available as well. And then I'm sure I'll launch some some new groups coming into yeah, you teach all well. sorts of different classes so i also want to pull a card for us because i was going to do that at the start of the episode because spirit was saying to you and then i forgot so let's do it before we close out perfect um but yeah you guys should definitely follow lauren if you don't you have tons of free sound healings and all that sorts of stuff but definitely worth the investment yeah, there's um, a link on my Instagram at Lauren Courtney Heels that takes you right to the freebies. I have a full page of sound healings, card readings, all different stuff. And then all of my mini courses and big courses are there. So I have courses starting at $33, ranging up to, I think, $777. And those are all do-it-yourself um, goodness. Yeah, I did the glow up your business couple years ago yeah and it was a live class but now you guys can do it self-based yeah you could do that on your own now who knows if people want it again live it can always come back live I I follow the downloads on which I want to run live yeah okay let's see what they want to say so these are oracle cards one of them is like an angel kind of message and the other one is i think i you you probably seen these the star what are they called star seed oracle but i love the the imagery very pretty so we have and i will post these on instagram so if people want to see the pictures we have the portal card Mm. So beautiful. So walking through portals. And I was just thinking about this yesterday. I feel like big kind of timeline collapsing for me and a lot of like people I've been noticing, like clients and stuff. It's been kind of like a timeline of things that happened maybe like almost 10 years ago now, like kind of coming full circle. So it's really interesting. That's a lot about what we were talking about in terms of like your your trajectory. But yeah, doors are opening. You decide wild card. And then we also have the wild within. Mm. So yeah, being able to remember that we, it's safe to connect with that like more feral side of yourself. But like this is um, also, and we also have the yellow spectrum. So these cards give us like different colors, but yellow, I know Lauren knows this, but it's like all about the solar plexus. So like being able to shine that inner light and the authentic self and all that stuff that we were talking about earlier. So it's just a reminder. Being in your power, being able to like lead with that light walking forward, like be that wild authentic version of you as you move through the portal and, and what's next. So I love, love that confirmation. Yeah. Just stepping into like, I don't think it has to be a new version. I think it's like, this is the true Newton. It's not the new, it's the true. It's yeah. like, this is just who you are. And now we are seeing like that it's possible to be that person, which Lauren has helped me a lot to feel comfortable doing that. So I'm very grateful for you. And I know like doing this podcast, this is helping other people feel that way too. So we just keep it, keep it going. 
Keep feeding it. Keep feeding yes. it. We get to be the authentic self. It's what we teach. It's what we know. And it's who we are. So thank you so much for having me and allowing me to just hang out with you and your audience. I love getting to hang out with you. It's amazing to see your growth and how far you've come. I mean, it's been probably four, five, five years, five years or something. Each other. I've been in Miami. It will be five years. So five years. That's crazy. Yeah. Cheers to another five. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everyone. We will see you in the next episode. And yeah, you can find Lauren on social media and on her website and all the other places that um, we'll link in the little description. <laughs> all right. Bye, y'all. Bye. This episode is brought to you by the Celestial Journey Experience. So this is one of my favorite current offerings. And if you guys want to learn a little bit more about the Celestial Journey experience, you can go directly to my website, gracelannon.com, and you can read about it on our services page. If you have further questions, please reach out to me on my email, grace at gracelannon.com, or find us on Instagram at angelface.grace. So just to give you a brief explanation, here we go. So travel into the subconscious mind through guided visualization and meditation, breathwork, sound, and energy healing with myself, Grace Lannan. We meet over Zoom for two hours and celestial journey experience sessions are built for you to have your very own personal spiritual experience within the Akashic Records. So sessions can include things like past life healing, going into the past life, connecting with memories, um, bringing in healing, bringing in integration, bringing in, you know, um, understanding and remembrance and integrating things from our childhood and other parts of our life. It can include mediumship, it can include ancestral healing and things like galactic and interdimensional healing and remembrance, all sorts of weird and wild experiences. Psychic development, if you guys want to connect with your inner child or your spirit guides or your animal guides, this is kind of the place for us to do it together. And you basically have your own experience. So I'm just there holding the space for you and showing you how to move and navigate through this space and you are having your own inner experience. So if you want to learn more about it, we have um, an episode about it with M Armstrong here on the podcast. You can learn about their experience, or again, you can read about it on my website. Any questions that you have, please reach out. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of this episode and we will see you later. Bye.